Ten blessings from God is the title of this message this morning. You know, sometimes people will get freaked out when storms come and whatever, but I ask you this morning, how do you respond to lightning uh, that happens during thunderstorms? Do you, do you like it or you kind of welcome it? It's like the little girl was in bed one night and this lightning and thunderstorm came and it was a lot of noise and a lot of lightning. She goes into her mom's room, went to her mom's side of the bed and woke her up and says, Mommy, I'm scared. Can you come and sleep with me? The little girl, or the, the mom says, well, Daddy needs somebody with him. She said, okay, let me get in bed with Daddy. You go sleep in my bed. So, you know how that is sometimes. I, I think that is, is a strange com- concept for little kids that here's two great big old adults get to sleep together and little kid has to sleep by themselves. So that, that's kind of, I, I don't know if any of you ever got to sleep with your parents. I, I think that's been a trend that maybe sometimes we let kids sleep with us, but I know after mom passed, I got to sleep with my dad for about seven months, and there wasn't a boogeyman in the world that scared me because my dad was in bed with me. That was just a cool thing. We see God as our heavenly father sometimes, and he gives us comfort. We're, we're talking a little about lightning this morning, and uh, this, is, this is Crossroads' version of the Weather Channel this morning, so you're going to get a little lesson on lightning this morning. Let's watch that, Allie. Thank you. Lightning strikes from storm clouds down to the ground. It also strikes up into storms and also out into thin air. Sometimes isolated sparks shoot up out of the ground. Lightning channels sometimes sail in strong wind and take bizarre, unlikely paths through the sky. This video is about the weird behavior of strange lightning. Most of us have seen epic lightning bolts branching from the cloud down to the ground, but have you ever seen lightning bolts branching up? Upward moving lightning or ground to cloud lightning often has a strange smooth and fluid channel. This type of lightning was extremely rare prior to the industrial revolution and is said to have only occurred from mountain peaks. Tall man-made structures help trigger this discharge and increasing skyscrapers and radio antennas are making this brilliant phenomenon more common. Most lightning discharges occur only in the clouds, never striking the earth. This is called intra-cloud lightning but sometimes it leaps out into the naked air. And so, this phenomenon is called cloud-to-air lightning. During a lightning storm, it's a good idea not to be the tallest thing standing around, but that doesn't mean you're safe if you're the shortest. Lightning seems to have a physics-defined mind of its own and often takes unlikely, erratic paths before striking a random target. Milliseconds before a typical lightning strike, a stepped leader advances from the cloud to the ground. Before reaching the ground, a charged ionic channel called an upward streamer reaches up to meet the leader. When they connect, a massive electrostatic discharge flashes. This particular strike surged through the tree and exploded out the base of the trunk, where it then traveled into a house frying all sorts of electrical equipment before bursting out the water main on the other side of the house. During some strikes, multiple upward streamers spark up and only one makes a connection. In rare photographs, you can see these lonely upward streamers failing to make a connection. After a strike, the main lightning channel begins to cool and sometimes decays into glowing fragments. This string of dots is called bead lightning or chain lightning.
Does lightning scare you? It's like the, these two guys was out playing golf and it was, it was some lightning and the guy drags a one iron out of his bag and he said, man, you shouldn't be raising them clubs with that lightning. He said, even God can't hit a one iron. I think he could if he wanted to. Fred could probably hit a one iron. I don't even have one, but nonetheless. You believe God protects us from lightning? What about rhinos? Does he protect us from rhinoceroses? Is that how you say that? I think that's right. But, uh, I want to look at Psalm 121 and see what the answer is to that question. Because we need to know that. Because we live in a world that we're constantly bombarded with negative. There's negative things in the world. There's negative concepts. There's war. There's terrorists. We can go on and on and we can work ourselves into a frenzy. But as followers of Christ, we have to get to that point where we can live beyond that and, and have the peace of God within us that we realize that we are secure in Christ. Psalm 121, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So what's the answer? Does God protect his children? Absolutely, 100% of the time. A mother wakes up in a thunderstorm and hurries to her son's room after a particularly bright flash of lightning, knowing that this little boy will be terrified. To her surprise, he's standing right in the window, and he said, I was looking outside, and you'll never guess what happened. God took my picture. <laughs> so this little boy was convinced that it wasn't really lightning. It was God's flesh on his cameras taking his picture. He realized that God was at work at that young age. To him, the world was a perfectly safe place to be. So whether you're in a thunderstorm with lightning at home in bed, on the job, in school, in a car, an airplane, in the doctor's office, the hospital, even on your deathbed. God is there. He is with you, and he can give you peace if you allow him to. Verses 7 and 8, again, the Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. But you yourself, it's not so much about me this morning as it is about you. Do you see the world as a safe place. You feel secure. Not just, not just in certain places, but all the time, regardless of where you're at. Here's the theme of what 121 Psalm is saying to us. We can depend upon God for help. Pilgrims must travel through lonely country to their destination. They are protected not by anything created, but by the creator of everything. The psalmist declares in verse 1, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Ask yourself in your own life, where's your help come from? Especially when you need it, when you need it really badly. Does it come for yourself? You expect it to come for your employer? Maybe you expect it to come from the government or your friends or your family, your spouse or your church? And all of these can help you to a degree but where do you turn where you're at the end of your rope? When you have nowhere else to turn, when total despair has come upon you for what has happened, where do you go? 
Actually, we should always, regardless of the situation, turn to where the writer of this psalm turned. Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Our great God who has created all things, he can surely help us with our problems, my problems and yours. What will he do? Verse 3 and 4. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. Do you realize that we as the church, the body of Christ, have been grafted into spiritual Israel? In Romans 11, 11 through 24, Paul compares Israel to the natural branches of a cultivated olive tree and the Gentile believers to the branches of a wild olive tree. So the natural branches, which is Israel, were broken off. Remember, they rejected Christ. And the wild branches, the Gentiles, were granted in in verse 17. The Gentiles then have been made partakers of the promises and inherit the blessings of God's salvation, Romans eleven seventeen. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the Jews have been broken off, and you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree were grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in God's rich nourishment of his spatial olive tree. You imagine what a shock that was to pious Jews because in their minds, they were at the top of the food chain. They were above everybody else in the world in God's eyes. And we Gentiles were dogs. That's how they saw us, the majority of them. So what a shock that was that when they rejected Christ, he, he grafted us in. So as we read this word, we read this psalm. Therefore, we can conclude that this word is for us here today in 2016 in Sullivan, Indiana. For his mighty love and his protection over his children and his family. We became God's family. We became part of that spiritual Israel. What else does God do in verses 5 through 8? The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. We can find from this psalm assurance and hope in God's protection 24-7 for us. He not only created everything, but in his omnipotence, his all-powerful, we, we rest at peace in his shadow, the great shadow of the Almighty. I'm really a real advocate of commercials sometimes, but some of them speak to you. There's a commercial about this young boy being bullied, and then there's, it, it shows later in that commercial his brother comes up and stands beside him, and the antagonists run away. I see that in life as I, as you, stand in the shadow of the Almighty, and our antagonist sends his demons or shows up himself to harass us, that we stand in this shadow, and we claim power from him, and we can tell the enemy of our souls to hit the road, and he has to go. What a, what, a, what, what a thought that is for me. What a, what a thought that is. What a place to be. I'd rather rest in the shadow of the Almighty than anywhere. Even though my God does things that I'll never understand. We're all like that. Man, we're, what's up with that? We can't figure it out. It's like a young lady that had a miscarriage one time a few years ago and she said, I'm done with God. He didn't do what I wanted. I'm going to walk away. And I said, I tell you what, kiddo, 
I knew her name, but I called her kiddo anyhow. But anyhow, I said this. I said, I do not understand why God does what he does, but I have total faith that he knows what he's doing, and I would rather live with him than without him. Regardless, people that, that get upset with God, I would rather live with God than without him because nothing distracts him, nothing, nothing dissuades him, nothing discourages him, nothing deters him from watching over us and keeping us safe. Nothing can change that. Knowing this, it, 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 we should have security in our hearts. It should cause us to do what? To see worship as a delight instead of a chore. I, I, I look forward to coming. I look forward to those Sundays when Pastor Jeff preaches, and I can be like you guys and drink coffee and eat donuts. I love that. He, he, I, I do, brother. I, I love it. But the fact is, on Saturday night, or even maybe during the week, and we, a lot of us worship in our car and at home or whatever, but on Saturday night, we should go to bed in anticipation that we, as the family of God, are going to meet in this place and lift his name up and, and praise him. That, that should draw us. But what would happen, or what, what in worship would make us see it as a burden, as a chore, and as a duty? A major reason there might be unconfessed sin in our life. When there's unconfessed sin, it, it builds, starts to build a wall between us and God, and we're, we, don't, we don't sense his presence as much. And sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts us week after week after week, and we stick our fingers in our spiritual ears and we don't listen. After a while, we get tired of listening. After a while, we get tired of coming and, and God putting us on the spot and squeezing our heart and convicting us because he loves us. He wants us to change for our benefit. Some people get to that point and then you don't see them again. They're done. They're not going to, they're not going to, uh, I've, I've been through this with people and that's this, uh, I've had people tell me, man, pastor, I can't come back. I, I love my lifestyle and I'm not giving it up and I can't stand conviction. So I'm going to choose to go this path, which that's a sad path to take because we know where that wide road leads. That's right. Jesus said it leads to destruction, but that's our choice. And sometimes as we walk away, his voice grows more faint and more faint and more faint. And the voice of our enemy grows louder and louder and louder. Man, look what you're missing. Look what you're missing when you, when you choose this straight path because it's, it's not fun. It, it's not like the wide path that's covered in mud you waller in. It's It's, it's different. Sometimes we go that way, and worship doesn't mean what it should to us. But if you and I are where we should be with Christ, we will fully and thoroughly enjoy worship. We'll make it a priority, and we will get involved in church and in serving. I hope you realize, child of God, how much God wants to bless you. We need to live in God's peace. That's where we need to live. Psalm 121 tells us how. It starts by embracing and taking to heart verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. We have to get to that point that we say that. 
That when, 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 when things happen, that we, it comes to mind first. My help comes from the Lord. You can go here, you can go there, but my help comes from the Lord. That, that's what we need to get to the point in our lives where we say that. Who made the heavens and the earth? Total trust and reliance on God, 100%. 121 gives us or pour, pours out on us, actually. God wants to, these 10 blessings for trusting him. Blessing one, help in time of trouble, verses one and two. And who among us doesn't have trouble? Blessing two, we get to enjoy God's great creation, verse two. Blessing three, stability in trouble, verse three, he guides us through with his steady hand. Blessing four, we have his keeping in both day and night. He never sleeps. God never sleeps. He's always on duty, verse four. Blessing five, constant watch against the enemy, verse four. Blessing six, protection from sun, dangers that happens in the day, verse six. Blessing seven, protection from the moon, dangers that happen at night. You ever heard the word moonstruck? In Matthew 17, 15, we find this verse that reads, A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. There's a Greek word used in the original text. It's silelazoma, and it means the word moonstruck. The epilepsy was supposed to have been caused by the moon because the attacks were worse at the change in full of the moon. It was really caused by a demon which attacked during this time so as to make others think the moon was the cause. That's another tactic of Satan. Again, God's protection day and night from any and every danger, even Satan's attacks. Blessing eight, preservation from all evil, verse seven. Blessing nine, preservation of our lives both now and forever, verse seven. And then blessing 10, preservation wherever you go. He watches over you as you travel, verse eight. So you see the benefits from putting your full and complete trust in Christ. Always at, look, looking to him for help in every circumstances in life. There's nothing too major, nothing too minor for our great God because he greatly desires to help us through life until he calls us home. I, I want to quote Dr. David Jeremiah that he said in one of our Wednesday night sessions. I want you to listen to closely to this. God's man or woman in the center of God's will is immortal until God is done with him or her on earth. God's man or woman in the center of God's will is immortal until God is done with him or her on earth. That when you're in God's will going through this life, nothing's going to happen to you until God is ready for you to take you home. So it's that, it's that part about trusting in God in all situations. I believe that. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Ask yourself right now, what would my life look like if I lived with a heart deep conviction that because of God's unchanging character and care, this world is a totally secure place for me to be? Your anxiety level would go down. You'd have the assurance that your life is in the hands of God so you wouldn't be tormented by your own inadequacies, weaknesses, and fears. You wouldn't quit being tormented and being anxious all the time and playing the what-if game. I tell you what, friends, we can drive ourselves completely insane with the what-if game. What if I get sick? What if I get cancer? What if I lose my job? You can drive yourself into oblivion doing that. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to trust in him. And you'd be an unhurried person. You might be busy, but you'd have an inner calmness and outer poise. And you wouldn't say many foolish things you say now because you speak without thinking. And you'd trust God enough to risk obeying him. That means you would have 
You wouldn't have to hoard. Worry makes us depend on ourselves. It robs us of joy and energy. A person in whom the peace of Christ reigns would be an oasis of sanity in a world of pandemonium and chaos. The world watches us how we react to things. Do you fall apart or do you stay strong in Christ? And it's tough to stay strong in Christ. But it, and we ask ourselves, man, is, is such a lifestyle possible? Listen to 7 and 8 and 8 again. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. You need to stand on that. You need to believe that. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So I ask you, beloved, what else do you need? What else do you need in life? What drives you? What motivates you? Big idea, we need to live in God's peace. Psalm 121 tells us how. I want you to stand with me if you would. I want to read this psalm together out loud. And may these sacred words of the Almighty sink deep into your hearts and in your minds. Read with me. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. I hope you all leave with God's peace. And if it's not there this morning, I, uh, I pray that you find it because he yearns to be your peace and your security. If you feel led to pray this morning, if you need to accept Christ anyway, there's people down here that love you and will show you that. Sometimes it's just good to have somebody put their arm on you and pray for you. So if you need that this morning, don't leave without that. Lord, I thank you for these fine folks. I love them. Lift them up to you. And I pray, Lord, that we know your peace, that we live in it. And those of us that struggle sometimes with that, I just pray that you would reinforce that in their lives this morning. And if there would be somebody here that needs your touch upon them, that they might come now and embrace you, Lord. I thank you for loving us and being so good. Bless this time now, and as always, just help us to open our hearts and our minds and be obedient. For we ask in the name of Christ, amen.